Welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show. Uh, wow, we've had a really uh, raucous couple weeks as the uh, convention happened down in Columbus. But it's it's a kind of a game of whack-a-mole. More and more nefarious activity is rearing its ugly head in the great state of Georgia, and we're here to cover it. What we have found is that the, the politicians and some of the nefarious actors really don't like immediate accountability. They just don't. Uh, they're not used to it, and uh, they don't like it. So they've made that loud and clear to us uh, with screaming in our face at the convention, et cetera. But you know what? We're about truth and we're going to continue to bring the truth as we see it. We really don't care where it lands. I'm here with my co-host, Bill Quinn. Thanks for coming, Bill. Thank you, Todd. And, uh, you know, we are the tip of the spear, as we've talked about many times, and we do need your help. We do need you to sign up for our new ad subscriptions. Uh, you get access to all 12 sites and growing across CD Media, global news before anyone else knows it. We, uh, I, I posted a flashback link the other day in 20, from 2019 where we had information of Joe Biden taking millions of dollars from a transaction that closed in Odessa uh, via Lobachevsky, who was the owner of Burisma. So if you wanted to know what was going on in Ukraine and you read CD Media, it would have known in 2019, and it's just reported now. So please support us. We are the tip of the spear. There's no one like us. We're global, and we tell the truth. So get our new ad subscriptions. Bill, we had... a. Uh, you know, it's wonderful. We came off the convention. We did multiple uh, specials. We really had good coverage. We thought we nailed things from things down, and then boom, we get back, and uh, more things happening. So take it away, Bill. What's going on? Yeah, I think you said it perfectly when you said it. it's kind of whack-a-mole. Every time you think you've you've dealt with some bad stuff, new bad stuff surfaces. So um, folks will remember about a week and a half ago, we talked about some very unusual uh, activity in Fulton County where they denied a nominee, a Republican nominee for their election board. It's never happened before and apparently goes contrary, seemingly goes contrary to both what they list on their website and Georgia law in respect to how election people get, uh, election board members get uh, nominated and appointed. Well, something different but similar seems to be happening now in Cherokee County. Um, we received input from a number of citizens in Cherokee in the last few days that are indicating there's a concern about upcoming appointment or appointments to the Cherokee County Election Board. So for just a second, let's go back and let's talk about what these things are. So all across Georgia, every county has an election board that has been set up um, and almost all of them, really all of them are bipartisan and are meant to be representative of the county and the people that they support. They're, um, they're focused operationally. They're meant to both run the elections, make decisions around the elections. And uh, you'll find the, the folks um, you know, involved in all parts of decision-making and uh, monthly board meetings and so forth. The key is they work so that they can provide just, free, accurate, and fair elections in their various counties. And people count on them for that. Um, almost all representatives uh, in these across these boards get to be appointed or nominated and appointed um, by both parties, by each party, so that um, they are meant to establish and maintain balance. And these nominations and appointments are, are made in, uh, you know, and prescribed in various Georgia laws um, that are long, long standing. In Cherokee County, the same has been true. So for decades, um, Cherokee has been supported by a five-person board of elections 
two representatives appointed by the Republican Party, two representatives appointed by the Democratic Party, and a fifth chosen to serve as chairperson. So what's the issue? Well, folks in Cherokee are reporting that they're aware that uh, the chair of the, the Cherokee County Commission, Mr. Harry Johnston, seems to be signaling that they will take advantage of a new forthcoming law uh, that isn't even in effect yet and will make an assignment to the election board from a local corporation formed a little over two months ago. Those close to that organization state that it was formed by a relatively small group of people, perhaps less than 40, some of whom had lost recent elections for leadership positions uh, to the Cherokee Republican Party uh, during their county convention. So it poses the question, is this all about, you know, some sort of sour grapes um, and why, if so, is the Cherokee board seeming to support it? It seems like it's to maintain power, Bill. I mean, it, yeah, it's probably some vengeance, but it's they can't lose. They want power. It's, you know? It certainly sounds like it would be consistent with that. I mean, yeah. we, we, we can't make a, a final conclusion. We don't know, yeah. but it sure looks strange, doesn't it? Yeah. So yeah. the intent, let's talk about the intent of the both previous law and a forthcoming law that isn't even effective. It doesn't go into effect until July. The actual political parties are to have people on the election board, and again, to create an attempt to create balance so that everybody in the county can feel that they are represented and fairly uh, represented on that board and uh, within the operations of elections within their county. Political parties, I'm sure you know this, are subject to state and federal laws designed to protect the elections and protect the will of the people during the elections. The new organization uh, in Cherokee is a corporation, not a party. Hence, uh, they're, according to folks that um, are experts in this, they're not subject to election laws as a party would be. Yet, Apparently, Johnston uh, uh, wishes to have a member of this small organization on the election board. Now, why would that be? One of the considerations that um, citizens are looking at is, you know, gosh, there's a lot of people in Cherokee County. Um, if you review 2022, the general election uh, for governor had 90,000 out of 120,000 voters cast votes for Republican candidates. That's 75%. Um, Cherokee County currently lists about 200,000 people as registered voters. And of course, the, the population is even greater than that. In the primary election last year for Senator and Governor, in which voters select either a Republican or Democratic ballot and then cast their vote, 86% of Cherokee voters identified themselves with the Republican Party by taking Republican ballots and voting for Republican candidates, 86%. So the Cherokee County Commission represents the people of Cherokee, doesn't it? Uh, citizens, yeah. citizens in the county say they want their party fairly represented, especially on the election board. They don't wish to have their representation, consequently their rights, given away to a small group of players whose motives 
at this point are a bit unclear. Um, there's lots of speculation, but we'll save that for future discussions. The big, the big um, message right now that I'm hearing from folks in Cherokee is they want Mr. Johnston and the board to consider who they are working for, who they represent, and who they need to protect and make a very careful, appropriate choice uh, coming into this ne next set of appointments. So um, you can tell that, that folks are, you know, they're not sitting back this time. They are proactively reaching out saying, hey, something's wrong. We can see it. And we're not waiting till it happens. We are stepping into the gap now. Oh, very good story, Bill. Um, you've got your ear to the ground and across the local level in the grassroots of Georgia. And we appreciate that because you bring insight that a lot of people really don't think about. So well, thank you for well, that. I'll tell you, I'm reflecting what I'm hearing. And uh, yeah. we have, a, we have a, a literally now thousands of folks across the state who are happy to bring in facts, data, and their opinions and concerns so that we can reflect those in what we bring out. So we yeah. encourage that. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get into the, uh, you know, the next stages here. So, and let me just say that for the Georgia record and CD media in general, we, we always will read what you send. If we don't respond, it's, it's like a fire hose. Um, you know, if you think it's important, try us again, but we do look at everything and we do encourage citizen journalists to speak up about what's going on. Um, so thank you for all the emails that we get on a regular basis and even texts on Telegram. You know, we're, we're available pretty much everywhere except the, the commie social media platforms like Facebook. We got kicked off. But um, are you ready for me to bring in David? Sure. Whenever you are, Todd. Thank you. All right. Here we go. Thanks for joining us, David. Gentlemen, how are you? Well, congrats <laughs> to the new second vice chair of the Georgia GOP. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It's uh, I, I look at it like it's a blessing and a curse. As I, as I was driving home with my wife, I was like, oh, we're so hopped up and excited for a job that's going to pay me nothing, cost me a lot of time, and people are going to expect me to be everywhere like a politician. So Yeah. Well, uh, if people didn't see your speech at the convention, go back to the Georgia Record archives and, and find what we uh, you know put out there and listen to your speech because it's one of the most powerful pro-election integrity speeches I've ever heard. And I Thank think that's you. why you got elected. So go ahead, Bill. What do you have for David? I, I was going to ask uh, just, you know, you're what, just about a weekend as of today. Well, first of all, you know, happy Father's Day to everybody. Thank you. And uh, any surprises that you can share? I realize there's some things that probably need to stay under the cover for the moment. But uh, what, what have been some of your bigger surprises in the last seven days? Um, I think the biggest surprise so far is that, you know, we're, we're kind of having trouble, you know, getting everybody to, you know, to come together. There's, I think there's like 24 people that are, that are on, that are on the board. Um, and it's, it's kind of, it's kind of strange because I'm, I'm a business person. I'm used to having executives, you know, that, that you've hired. And then you have a board of directors that are supposed to represent the interests of the company. And then you have the shareholders and kind of the way that I look at it is the convention that we went to was the shareholders. The, you know, the, the, the district directors that are out there are really kind of like the directors of the, of the corporation. And we are the executives where our job is to execute. Our job is to deliver 2024. So it's been kind of interesting, you know, kind of hearing like, you know, competing voices that are out there that are, you know, trying to like get the attention, um, you know, I guess of the, of the new chair. And honestly, all I care about is just getting to work. We've got, we've got a ton of things to do. And even just, you know, my, my first week 
um, not even in my official capacity. I've already spent um, seven hours with um, Dr. Douglas Frank this week. Mm-hmm. And I spent, you know, uh, you know, an additional four hours of drive time getting to him and, you know, and getting back and that kind of thing. And we are, um, I can't say we are, I am coalescing on a strategy that has been successful in other states and we're trying to adopt it and, and, uh, and make it work for, you know, for Georgia. So we've got, we've got a lot of work to do. We've got a ton of work to do. When you say strategy, you mean an election integrity involves strategy? Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's the, it's the strategy around, you know, what we're trying to accomplish in terms of, um, you know, how to, how to affect change, because mm-hmm. what's happened in the past is, you know, and Bill, you've been down with, with me down at the, you know, at the, at the state Capitol, you know, we take them what I think is like this brilliant, unassailable gotcha, you know, you know, kind of information. And they're just like, move along now. <laughs> we don't want to hear it. And so what's going to have to happen is it, it's going to take it's going to take the grassroots, you know, to reach out there and go from a county level and boil things up from the bottom. So we're, we're going to have to present unassailable, you know, proof, you know, of fraud and of illegal, you know, illegal activity. And then that's going to have to, you know, swell itself up through, you know, through the different county boards and, and take action from there because the counties have the ultimate authority on how they run their elections. And David, I want to add to that, that media accountability is critical and uh, it's been lacking in Georgia for a long time. And it's now back with the Georgia record. And as we did during the convention, we are going to camp out down at the dome in the new session and, and really provide transparency to the people of Georgia as to actually what's happened with daily updates on, on what's going on at the Capitol. So expect that across the board. Um, I have a question for you. You have you've seen the Halderman report, as you said, unassailable evidence of what's going on with the machines. You know, Garland has brought out details you have. And how, how do how do you and this is what you're talking about, I guess. How do you get from we got it all like we do in Florida? We got them caught to actual movement in the legislature to get rid of the machines. So the bottom line is, is that legislators respond to two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, votes and money. Mm -hmm. That is their oxygen. Mm -hmm. And for the ones that don't want to play ball, we're going to have to remove their oxygen. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's literally that, that simple in the past. What's happened is I would, you know, I've been down to the Capitol on, on so many different meetings with Garland and and other folks. And we'll, and we'll meet with, you know, senators and, you know, house members and that kind of thing. And they'll, they'll meet with us for maybe like, you know, 15 or 20 minutes the vast majority of them, not all of them, but the vast majority will meet with us for 15 or 20 minutes. And then they'll be like, oh, hey, um, I've got another meeting I got to get to down the hall. I got to go pick up a check. Um, why don't you talk with this person over here, this junior person that has no authority and no impact and is not going to be able to deliver anything for you, but go, go spend an hour or two with them. Yeah. So that, that's kind of what's happened in the past. So now, now what's going to have to happen is, you know, we can, with the different with the different legislators that are out there, there are good ones that are on our side and there are other ones that are not on our side. And we're still ferreting that out right now and trying to you know, figure out who the good and bad are. I'm going to assume people are good until until they prove me otherwise. Um, but what has to happen is we, we, we're literally going to have to take them, you know, proof and evidence and legislation, you know, um, suggestions on legislation that can be that can be brought forward and, you know, in the next legislative session and tell them that, you know, you can do the support it, you know, or 
the people in your district are not going to vote for you. Yeah. And, and we're going to, we're going to have to take people, you know, you know, down to the, down to the gold dome, have them go in and meet with these people like in tens and twenties and, you know, uh, you know, at a time and show them that we're serious because yeah. there, there are way, there are way too many, um, there are way too many paid lobbyists that are down there. I mean, there are, there are democratic operatives down there that are just walking the halls, just looking to make trouble. And, and, and I think some people know who they are, but the average person has no idea who they are. So th this, this is, this is a different type of, this is a different type of game than the corporate world. And it's going to take a little bit of finesse and strategy, but it's also going to take somebody with some balls to go in there, you know, and just, and really put it on the line and say, yeah. you there can, are consequences to your behavior. We can do this the easy yeah. way and you yeah. can be the hero or we can do this the hard way and you can lose, you know, your coveted position yep. forever, yeah. ever. And for a lot of these guys that are attorneys, this is how they build their careers. So that, that's some, some, some of these guys are entirely dependent upon drinking from the fountainhead of the state yeah. and, and, it, and it has to be shut off. Agreed. Uh, ahead, so, um, just sticking with legislate, legislative issues for the moment, one of the things we've heard, uh, Mallory Staples mentioned it and others have mentioned it, is proactively building a case for for or against certain laws that were either not enacted last time and should have been, or were avoided, but may raise their ugly head again. Um, give us just your take on that, if you can. Do you think that that can be effective in getting folks um, aware and getting legislative uh, folks aware of the public wishes on these various bills as we get close to the next session? I think that's gonna be part of it, but it's not gonna be all of it. So it, it's gonna take the groundswell support and the work in the in the actual counties and knocking on some doors in the precincts where we're going to be able to show, you know, fraudulent activity, and that's going to have to be shown to the counties. And, you know, if the if the representatives happen to be in there, you know, at the time when we're, when we're showing that to the you know to the county administrators, or the county leadership, or to the you know to the sheriff, that's going to be that much more powerful for them to be able to see what we're talking about, because honestly, the vast majority of these people down in the gold town, they believe the garbage that is being peddled by, by Raffensperger. I mean, he, he came out on Friday and said the Halderman report, it's all BS. Don't pay attention to the computer scientist, you know, that tore these things apart, by the way, that was paid for by the Democrats. Don't, don't pay attention to that. Um, pay attention to me. And I, I, I know that, I know that our systems are secure, you know, sure. whereas I, I know that, that, that the systems can be hacked. It's even more ironic that he should say that after having access to that report for what two years. Dude, it is it is sickening. We should recall Raffensperger. He he should be he should be excommunicated from the Republican Party. He needs to be neutered right now because the guy has dreams and aspirations of running for governor, and we need to cut his nuts off right now. Okay. Well, let me ask you this: Why is why isn't the Georgia Republican Party standing up and saying and issuing a statement? that we want to get rid of these machines. There's obviously a problem. We want to get rid of them. I mean, you know, I, you know honestly, I think, I think it's because we, we've, you know, the, the new, the new people, we've only been in there for a week. We haven't had a chance to, you know, sit down and coalesce what, what the strategy and the media, you know, what the media is going to look like. And we'll be getting, you know, getting our arms around that, you know, this week and next week. Um, but, you know, 
listen, I, th that's what I just told you is my personal view. That's not that's not the view of the Republican Party where I say we need a neuter Ra Raffensperger. That's me personally, but I'm a little bit more outspoken than most people because honestly, I, I don't. I'm not looking to get reelected. I've got people all over the state that are asking me to like come out to you know come out to their county and come out here and, and help with this and and show show how to how, how to do these things. And I said to a couple of folks, I was like, we're if you were listening to my speech, I said we need to leverage technology. You know, this is the 21st century. I you know George Washington didn't go galloping around to all the different counties, you know, trying to gather support. You know, his job was to lead and do and succeed. He had other people that were out there that were kind of spreading the message. Um, but, you know, I think I can I think we can develop a strategy that's using some, you know, using technology and leveraging, you know, like like the Zoom call that we've got right now to, to be able to, you know, to show what you know, what the what the different folks in the counties can do. It's good. It, but it's going to it's going to take it's going to take a multifaceted approach. There is no one answer. But, you know, it's dirty from the top down. I, you know, I truly believe that that our elections are not elections. I believe they are selections and, and, it, and it goes all the way down to school board. And let me just say real quick for our um, audience at Media Matters that we were that was a metaphor as in cutting someone's uh, <laughs> we're not talking violence. But go ahead, Bill. No, it, it's not. It's, it's, it's metaphorically speaking, you know, for, you know, for sure. But. Thank you. Thank you for that clarification and confirmation. <laughs> Um, so, you know, the, you know, the Halderman report. Well, I take it. There's a yeah. lot in it and I, I don't want to have an exhaustive review because Garland's gone through it. We've gone through it a bit. I'm sure we'll talk more in the coming days, but are there specific, um, findings and conclusions, a few that, that really you look at and say, wow, this is very telling and very concerning. Can I share my screen for a second? I'd like to show you something. Sure. Uh, is that possible? So. Yeah, you go down to uh, present, and uh, should be share screen right there. Do you have that on the bottom of your screen? Yeah, one second. Let's see. Okay. Vacation window. Here we go. Okay. Can you see my screen right now? Yeah, we'll bring. There, there you go. go. Okay. So, from the Halderman report, one of one of the things that that he has in here is. Pull up my photos. Okay, so the first one is um, on finding number three. He said, "I created a counterfeit technician card that can unlock any ICX is a ballot marking device, so that can unlock any ballot marking device in Georgia, allowing anyone with physical access to install malware. Who has physical access to you know to these machines on election day?" Everybody, everybody, you know, just, just to clarify for folks, the BMD is the thing you stand in front of and it presents your selections and it's a touch screen that allows you to make your selections. And then from that, you print out your ballot. Yes, correct. correct. And we just have a file list. On, is that what you wanted to share? Yeah. So what, what you're like, well, this is this is this. This is a second point. So the, the first point was, is that anybody who's going into vote could slide a card in. They could they could insert malware into the machine because we as poll workers, when I worked as a poll worker, we were not allowed to be behind anybody who was voting. Well, I would have to be behind them in order to see if they, you know, you know, slid a different card, you know, into the activation slot. That's the first thing. One of the other things that's on here is, is what's on the screen. In a given election, all ballot marking devices, the touch screens, and scanners in a county 
share the same set of cryptographic keys, which are used for authentication and to protect election results on the memory cards. An attacker with brief access to, to a single ballot marking device can obtain the countywide keys. Well, in this case, you don't even need them. This is Fulton County. It says no asymmetric cryptographic keys found. These things aren't even secure, not even on its local network. So, you know, this, this is the kind of stupidity that we're dealing with. And Raffensperger thinks he's like some kind of computer genius. When Halderman is the computer genius, and he sat there and told you 10 ways to Sunday that, that, the, that these things are not secure. Well, I, I, again, I don't think it's incompetence. I think it's intentional corruption and nefarious activity. But um, especially with Raffensperger, I think I'm very comfortable saying that out in the air. Um, well, look, we want to support you in this effort. So uh, when you need to get something out, you let us know. But uh, Bill, do you have anything else for David? The, the, one of the other things that struck me that I'll just I'll ask you about, David, is, is I understood it. Should someone... Uh, gain access to one of these BMDs. And the report really only speaks to the BMDs, doesn't it? Doesn't even talk yet about scanners. But there are literally tens of thousands of these across Georgia. Is that right? Correct. And and as I understood comments in another venue, all you need is, uh, you mentioned access across the county, but uh, unless I misunderstood, you could, once in the system, you could bounce from county to county all across the state with a single um exploit is that correct i believe you could i'm not the expert that, that's on that but i know that within a single county or you know or certainly within within a precinct you know it, within a precinct you could infect all you know all the devices there you know in seconds no i mean that that to me is scary because people have often county officials and others have relied on well you'd have to access every machine to be able to change anything. That's not what this report indicates. It, it no, and, and, the, and so here's the thing. So Halderman focused on, on the touchscreens because um, the, the court case that, that, they're, that they're dealing with, you know, with Curling versus Raffensperger is all about, you know, they're all about getting rid of, you know, the touchscreen machines. Mm -hmm. They're totally okay keeping the scanners. So, and I think that's kind of stupid too. But, you know, the, the reality is, is that it, it wouldn't it wouldn't take, you know, for any precinct that's out there, it wouldn't take more than five volunteers, even at the largest precinct, you know, and 50 bucks worth of, you know, hardware and a clothesline, you know, in clothespins that, you know, with people like looking, you know, looking at the ballots and, you know, and scoring them and counting them by hand. This is not difficult. You know, 15 years ago, um, we were counting ballots, you know, we were counting ballots by hand. And the population, it, it's not like the population has doubled. It, it's not even up by 20%. But you know, the, the state around the world that count, count via paper today, yes. I mean, yeah, you know, Germany and France, they, they, they count them on, on paper and they do it on one single day. Yep. You know, and I'm pretty sure. Election pretty day, not election month. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. So we would just from, we hear a lot from the grassroots and there is demand to have the GOP step and, and say, censure Raffensperger get rid of the machines, you know, secure the Southern border, you yep. know, go down the list, yep. rein in the fed. I mean, we need to hear the GO the GOP we've taken over the GOP in Georgia, allegedly with MAGA, let's start acting like it and, and be a leader for the rest of the country. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that's, that's the, I think that's the message that, that's going to be broadcast by, I know by me and Brian Pritchard, uh, you know, today, um, mm -hmm. you know, we, we've got a, we've got a meeting, um, 
you know, so I, I know that that'll be one of the one of the key messages that we deliver well, is that so we have we have to we have to have a coherent voice. It has to be, you know, it has to be forceful, and it and we have to open up the lines of communication so that we're so that we're speaking with all the voters, all the Republicans, you know, across the state, you know, very frequently. Yeah, and, and the other issue is, is grassroots feeling like they have a fair process to get elected in every county. Right. right. So. They will notice the difference, I bet. The uh, yep. One of the themes that came out last week, we just got through talking about um, some, I'll call it unusual trend or uh, prospects in Cherokee County. And uh, this kind of follows on. It's different, but in some ways similar to what's going on in Fulton County. It seems to be sort of inappropriate, potentially inappropriate choice making with regard to election boards. And... Um, one of the themes that came out in my discussions with some of the delegates last week at the convention was, boy, I sure hope our leadership that we're putting into place is willing to step up because this is clearly, and this, this was just seeing Fulton at the time. This is clearly not just a Fulton problem because if they can try to pull this off in Fulton and avoid uh, appointing a nominee from the Republican party there, They'll try it in the next county. They'll try it in, you know, Gwinnett. They'll try it in DeKalb. They'll try it somewhere else. And maybe maybe some of them work. And that would be a shame because the people are counting on that representation. So, it's right. been a week since the convention. Has there been a lawsuit filed by the GOP against Fulton County? You know? There, there hasn't been, but I know that we're looking at legal options right now. But one of the things that I, that I need to tell, I mean, one of the core key messages that I need for you guys to help get out is that when I go, when I've gone out and I met with different, you know, GOPs, whether it's Cobb, you know, or Gwinnett or, or, or Fultner or whomever, one of the things that I see very frequently is you have a core group of people who are coming together on a regular basis that they've got the time, you know, to, to go to the, you know, to go to these meetings and, and whatnot. And what's really missing is that there are some people that have talent that are not able to show up. There are some people that have got money that don't that that don't have the ability to show up because they don't have the time you know to go to these things i'm a big believer that everybody that's out there has either got time talent or treasure and in some cases all three and at this point right now we need some of the treasure of the folks that are out there i mean i know people that are out there that are worth 20 30 40 million dollars or more and it seems like that the people that are consistently giving to us um, to help us with this is a very tiny group of like a small handful of people. And we really need to open up the floodgates for people that are out there that don't have time, but they do have money and they can help us with this lawfare because that, that's know, a very good point. We just set up the justice society.com to, uh, well, it wasn't just set up. It was set up by Michael Doherty, but that is a vehicle for lawfare nationwide. And, you're right. Nationwide, there is a problem. We're fighting hundreds of millions or billions of dollars, multiple billions on a regular basis on the other side. And, you know, where are the conservative donors? I mean, they're just not there. There's a few here and there, but most of them are on the golf course. And it, it's really disturbing. I mean, it really I think, I think really and here, here's the thing, Tom, I, I think I think they'll give if they're asked. But, what, you know, one of the things that I that I find frequently with, you know, with big donors that can give big money is that they look at it like it's an investment. They need mm -hmm. to be approached like, like this is an investment. Here's the money that you're putting in. Here's the project that we're working on. Here's the payoff that, that we hope to get from it. 
-hmm. you know, and they know that not everything is, is going to be, you know, is, is going to work out. You know, it's kind of like, you know, venture capital investing, mm -hmm. not all your investments work out in venture capital. And this is kind of like that too, except the difference is, is that even if your money isn't successful on a particular issue or problem, it is going towards saving our Republic. And that is, that is critically important for their kids and their grandchildren and their great grandchildren. Just to have the pushback, even if you're not successful is, is a, is a barrier for them to cross in itself. Yeah. And, and there, there's, there's, yeah. there's tons of people that are out there that could write checks for 10,000, 50,000, a hundred thousand dollars. And it's not even a rounding error on the pocket lint, you know, in, you know, in their, you know, in their wallet. And yeah. so we, we, we need help from those folks desperately. That is so true. So um, you can contact the Georgia record if you're listening and we'll put you in the right direction. Anything else, Bill? No, that's it. Thank you so much, David, for, for making yourself available on, on Father's Day. It's very kind. Yes. You're welcome. Thank you. Take care. I hit the button too soon. Oops. <laughs> um, what else, Bill? What do we got? So uh, we, we started talking in the last week and a half about Jarvis, the uh, voter registration system that Brad Raffensperger announced and actually took live early in 2022. And we, um, we began getting a bit more feedback this week from counties around the state regarding their experiences. Now, you'll recall that uh, this first surfaced um, in a meaningful way when uh, the election supervisor from Gwinnett County started talking about the issues that they were having and essentially concluded it wouldn't be um, comfortable holding an election right now because the system isn't working. And so we started doing some research. We had a couple of analysts help us and uh, uh, we conferred on findings, agreed what we were looking at and, uh, and issued a, uh, a, an article this past week on exactly what's, what's being seen in a one particular area. So I thought it might make sense to let people see what that first issue is and then we'll talk about what else has, has uh, been discovered or is beginning to be uncovered, as a better way to put it, um, this past week. So if I may, I'm going to add a, uh, a set of slides here that will show people what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So as part of the voter roll, and you can, you can envision a voter roll. I'm not going to show one because it contains um, some personally identifiable information on one part. It doesn't show how anybody voted, but just shows that they are registered and I didn't want to share that openly. So it, it includes a number of different things, people's name and address and the registration number when they registered. But it also includes what you're looking at here, which is the last vote date, which is supposed to represent the last time they voted, real simple. But if you look on this particular screen, I just cut a chunk out of uh, a portion of one of the voter rolls. And you can see that there's a number of different years and so forth indicated number of different dates. A lot of them are November, looks like, you know, a particular November election at some point. But look at the year. None of them in this sample and very frankly, in the entire voter roll indicate a last vote was done within 2022. Now, this would be worrisome enough if it were a single precinct, because that wouldn't make sense. It would be worrisome enough if it were in one county. But we've now checked five of the top counties in Georgia, um, including a couple of the really big ones like Fulton. None of them have a date that signifies that um, that registration indicated on a given line item voted in 2022. Now, how could that be? 
Well, if we go to, and this is an example of Forsyth County, it, do, it does list a last vote date. So everybody has a last vote date, but look at what it shows. And this seems kind of astounding. Um, in this case, in Forsyth County, and I could, I could sort of barely read it on my hand, but um, this last column is the ones that were indicated the last time they voted was in 2021. Look what's yeah. missing. Yeah. Anything in 2022. But then also look back and the entire voter registration um, file for Forsyth County is about 178,000 people. It shows 75,000 of those, a little over a third, haven't voted since before 2012. Does that look right? Not to me. No. And not to the analyst we've seen. And as you scroll through other counties, Cherokee, Chatham, Fulton, Cobb, we found the exact same thing. So, so essentially the data looks manipulated. Well, you could say it's manipulated. It's certainly wrong. Now, it, was it changed on purpose? Could have been. Was it changed by accident? Could have been. Was it, you know, how would you, how would you get these dates in, I believe it's every case, that show that half or approximately half, I'm sorry, a third of the voter roll hasn't voted for, gosh, you know, in some cases, 10, 12 years, for 13 years. And then my correct and it shows in this one that in 2010, only one person voted? One person, what it, it, that's not a total number that voted. It's the total number of registrations that show that's the last time they voted. I see. So keep in mind, everybody in this case, there's 370, I think I can read it, 378,000 people. I'm, I'm sorry, 178,000 in Forsyth. One of those registrations voted the last time in 2010. Well, that doesn't make sense either. That doesn't that. make sense either. Yeah. So anyway, we, we reported this. And we began getting reach outs from uh, various folks within the election structure around the state, which we which we encourage. You know, we want this to be an open dialogue. We think that that's valuable. And uh, they questioned, you know, where did the data come from? How are you compiling it? What are you changes are you making to it? And uh, we explained the process that was being used by our researchers. And uh, I think it was maybe it was <laughs> 48 hours later. Um, one of the representatives of the Secretary of State's office began contacting folks saying, oh, great, great news. We've got the problem solved. Now, whether they do or not will be shown by the next set of roles. So where folks reached out to us and said, oh, gosh, we've solved the problem. We, we said, thank you very much. We will be confirming that with the next voter rolls as they come out. And if so, we'll, we'll be glad to release that and show people the latest. And we need to know what the problem was, because here you have the voter rolls put in the cloud to Salesforce or a division of who's tied to the World Economic Forum. It was done with, in my understanding, against Georgia process as far as, you know, bidding. Procurement but, process was yeah. apparently violated in choosing. And so that. there's lawsuits against that. But essentially, you're giving the voter data of the citizens of Georgia to a third party provider in the cloud, which you can't see. And they're associated with the World Economic Forum and the data is wrong. So, you know, maybe five years ago, that would have been given the benefit of the doubt, but not today, not yeah. after the last three years. So a couple things to, to fill out this picture. So 
about 48 hours after we reported this, um, representatives of, of uh, the Secretary of State's office were going around saying, gosh, great news, we solved the problem. Except that problem has been in place since the system went live for the second time, February 1st of this year. Mm -hmm. That was four and a half months ago. So why does it make sense that only once we had surfaced the problem did it magically get fixed? Did it? Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. We'll get we'll grant them some grace and confirm when we see the voter rolls. What hasn't been discussed is the number of issues that counties all over Georgia have uh, lodged with the Secretary of State's office and the election um, system, the election department. So I am told by um, someone that uh, has uh, had issued a, an open records request that they were uh, they've had a report of 3,500 technical service tickets have been open for uh, Jarvis. 3,500. Now keep in mind we only have 159 counties, and um, people say, "Well, oh, gosh, we're so efficient, we're so accurate." 3,500 reports of problems. Well, we can speculate as to what, whether or not there's nefarious activity going on, but we, it's a fact that there's no trust in the system, obviously. That's correct. And very frankly, according to what we're hearing from, and we heard it from Mr. Man Manifold himself, and we grant him uh, grace for that, he said, I can't trust running a, a, an election on this. I, I'm not comfortable holding an election at the present time with the system. That's what people need to be focused on. Now, what we yeah. haven't discussed yet, and we expect to discuss in the coming days, is the rest of the list of problems that election directors, election supervisors, and Board of Elections people have brought forward. Um, this is one, and it's a big one, it's a big problem. This one problem apparently affects millions of voter registrations, just in the counties we checked. But imagine... Wow. If we checked all counties and looked at the same data, would we find this problem pervasive in all counties? We don't. We don't know. Yeah. But just just checking the counties that we did, and you saw the names of them. That's a lot of voters, and it was it was present in all of them. We will, in the coming days, begin to explore the rest of what's being reported from the various counties, and this goes back to something we mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, we encourage those who know to bring that information forward. We actually have a link on our front page, which allows um, citizens in Georgia, residents, even, you know, even those who really know if election officials wish to report something, but wish to remain anonymous. I think we encourage that in the spirit of bringing the correct information to the voters of Georgia. They know what they're experiencing Many have been reticent to discuss it. I understand. I think we both do that, you know, people, you know, in, they need their jobs. They need to, you know, be able to do their profession and so forth. I get it. But with something as concerning as this and knowing we are now um, 18 or less months away from um, a very critical election and even closer to upcoming elections at the end of this year, we encourage folks who know, whether they be residents, citizens, poll workers, poll managers, whoever, bring it forward, inform us, 
and allow us to then take the ball and run with it to confirm findings and bring it out so people know. I think that's I think that's a fair statement and a fair request. Yes, it is, my friend. So before we close, I want to make sure that people go to my pillow and use promo code CDM to check out what Mike is offering. The sliders are on sale right now. Great for the summertime. It's only June 18th. You got three months left. Uh, the all season slippers are on sale and the new slippers he has, uh, are available. Everything's massively discounted. Use promo code CDM, get those father's day gifts late, uh, get, get even Christmas gifts. The slippers are adorable. People love them. So go to CDM uh, or go to mypillow.com and use promo code CDM. Anything else, Bill? Um, the only other thing is what I just said. If you look on the front page of the Georgia record, you will see a link that says, see something, say something. Yeah. Please take advantage of that. If you find information that you believe other Georgians should know, and we will, uh, we will take the ball and run with it. So thank you for considering uh, helping us with that. And we'll see you next week on the Georgia 2024 show. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we really enjoyed the show. So the audience is growing. We had tens of thousands of hits last time. So thank you again. We expect that going forward. Take care.